The Jericho Network on Westwood One. The following program is presented by the Jericho Network in association with Podcast One. Podcast One presents Rock Talk, Rock Talk. with Mitch LaFawn. All the rockers, all the stories. This is incredible. Now, now, here's your host, respected rock journalist, Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to Rock Talk. Episode number two, I've got Ricky Rocket of Poison. But uh, before we get into that, just a little bit of news. You know, since we're talking rock, we might as well get caught up in all the cool stuff going on. If you are a fan of Judas Priest and Rob Halford, he has got a new 14 CD box set. That's right, 14 CDs. It is called the Complete Albums Collection, and it'll be uh, coming out on May 19th via Legacy Recordings. And it has all the solo stuff he did. Voyeurs, um, K5, Fight, Hall for Resurrection. Just a lot, a lot of great stuff. So I would certainly uh, check that out. In other news, we've also got the Scorpions heading out on the road this summer with Megadeth opening up. That should be a very, very interesting bill. You know, we've seen a lot of Megadeth and Anthrax and Megadeth with Slayer. And we've seen... Uh, all those bills, so it'll be a, a nice change. It'll bring some of the metal and thrash to the Scorpion fans, and of course the Megadeth fans will content themselves with some classic, classic hard rock. Uh, I also have David Ellison of Megadeth coming up on a uh, forthcoming episode of Rock Talk with Michel Fon, so do keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. And uh, just before we get over to Ricky Rocket, let's just talk about some upcoming releases. Bernie Torme. Some of you may be familiar with that, especially if you're an Aussie fan. He's the guy who stepped in for Randy Rhodes after he passed away. Spent about a month or so, give or take, on the Aussie tour. His new album is called Dublin Cowboy. It is a triple set. You've got a uh, live disc of some of the greatest hits. You've got a new new acoustic set. And you've got a, a disc of new music. And, you know, I sat down with Bernie. We had a long, long conversation, which, of course, you will hear on Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Just some fabulous stuff, fabulous stories about Brad Gillis, about himself, about Ozzy, about his new album. Uh, lots of great stuff. And uh, just before we head into the Ricky Rocket interview, of course, the band on tour, Poison, with Def Leppard and Tesla. And I probably will say that about 87 times during the episode, because just saying Poison, Def Leppard, and Tesla are on tour, uh, it's, just, it's just right. It sounds right, but uh, there you go. Uh, but let's, let's quickly look at some, some bands that sometimes get ignored in North America. Thunder, yes, remember Backstreet Symphony back in the early, I guess, late 80s or early 90s? They are back. They are still around and touring the UK. Their new album is Rip It Up. It, it comes out at the uh, end of April in North America, already out in Europe and other territories. If you haven't picked it up or you haven't heard of Thunder recently or you haven't heard of Thunder ever, uh, do yourself a favor and check out Rip It Out by Thunder. Just a great rock album. Um, speaking of great rock and going back to the day, we were talking early 80s there before with Bernie Torme. Tigers of Pantang. Famous for Love Potion Number 9. Still exist. Um, you know, still touring Europe extensively. Their new album, Tigers of Pang Tang, self-titled, just, just, just came out in North America. Absolutely glorious. If you, if you love a good, hard rock album you know, with, with some nice melodies, some nice choruses, big hooks, the whole thing, the uh, new Tigers of Pang Tang called... 
Tigers of Pantang is out. And then I'll finish with this since we're talking scorpions and Europe. Let's you know, let's stay on our sort of German European thing. Bonfire, yes, from back in the day, they were on. Um, boy, I'm trying to think what soundtrack um, they had done the song Sword and Stone. I think it was for Shocker actually. They are back. Uh, the new album for them is called Bite the Bullet. Uh, from from Bonfire. Wonderful, wonderful band. And of course, I mention that because on episode one of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon, we had Loverboy and Paul Dean covered a song that Paul Stanley wrote called Sword and Stone. And as I just mentioned, Bonfire, famous for having Sword and Stone on the uh, soundtrack. So there you go. Um, that's it. That's, that is sort of a quick wrap-up on rock news before we get into the interview with Ricky Rocket. And so without further ado, one of my favorite drummers from one of my favorite bands, because it is nothing but a good time when you see Poison and when you talk to Ricky. Uh, here he is, the one, the only, Ricky Rocket. We are speaking with Poison's Ricky Rocket. The band is about to head out on tour. And, of course, you're going to come up to Montreal, which always uh, gets me very excited because <laughs> it's just great to see Poison shows. Good day, Ricky. Good, good day. Uh, yeah, I love going up to Canada. I mean, we have several, actually, on the schedule, and I'm excited about that. Winnipeg's one of them. We haven't been there in a very long time. And uh, so that's that's another one that's, uh, that's, that's great. Yeah, Winnipeg is great, but you might have to bring, like, four jackets at this point. <laughs> it's going to be... A, gonna... <laughs> Believe me, I'm very cold-blooded these days. I'm, I'm an East Coast boy, but I've been out here in the West Coast too long. And <clears throat> now I've gotten very spoiled. So, in fact, let's just <laughs> talk about this, because the band hasn't been uh, touring much if if at all lately i mean i know you've done a couple of corporate gigs that i that i heard about but uh, just talk to me about getting back and being poison again what's that like for you and and is it just this tour thing or can, can we expect something else afterwards an album uh, I, anything you know mitch i really wish that we would i've been wanting to do that the beginning. I mean, I love going into studio and I love creating and writing songs and things like that. It's why I started Devil City Angels because I was very frustrated that Poison wasn't doing anything creative in that way. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's always on my radar to try to get the rest of the guys to, to you know, get on board and, and work again like that. And I mean, you know, I don't know why we can't just get together and make that happen it just seems like it's uh just this huge thing this like obstacle i don't know why it's a bit strange but i can sort of see how brett and bobby and Cece could not be you know motivated to do it because at the end of the day you're going to play the hits you're going to put poison on the marquee people are going to show up it it, it really sort of doesn't change anything in terms of the bottom line creatively it changes something but bottom line Cash-wise, it doesn't really do much, right? So, I can understand. Uh, what ter- in terms of in terms of recording, you mean? No, I mean in terms of no. in terms of when you're touring, you know, you make a new oh. album and you put Poison up on the marquee. It really doesn't matter if you have new songs. You're still going to get the same amount of fans to show up, and they're still going to want to hear "Talk Dirty to Me." So, right? Well, that's that's the thing about being a like a a band that's been around for a while, you know, it's, it's hard to break. I don't want to say break free from the past because you don't want to do that. At least I don't. But at the same time, you want to be able to move forward. And that's a very 
gray area. That's a, that's, you know, that's a slippery slope because, you know, I mean, we could, we could write, you know, uh, the second coming of talk dirty to me. And I don't know if people want to hear it or not. And that's a frustrating thing. Uh, it really is. Um, uh, Aerosmith was able to do it. Um, but not everybody is, I mean, even the Rolling Stones have had problems with that in the last couple of few years, you know? And, uh, so I don't know. Uh, but I do think it's important to stay viable. It keeps, it keeps, you know, for the, for the Uber fans, it's always a really, really good thing. And that's what you do it for. You do it for you. You do it for the real fans, the real true fans. not like to really change the, you know, the, you know, your popularity at this phase. I don't really think that that moves the needle these days. <laughs> yeah, it really us. doesn't. But Okay, so let's talk about the four guys here. You know, you, you did Devil City Angels, and CeCe did Samantha 7, and of course Brett goes out solo, but it just never reaches that plateau that Poison reaches. You're not playing the same halls. You're not, you know... What is it about these four guys that makes it so unique and so special? I think a lot of things happened. Uh, I mean, first of all, I do think it's a special blend. Okay, let's just start there. Uh, but I think it was a moment in time that we were able to capitalize on. I, I mean, I'll be very honest about that. And, but I also think they're great songs. They're really a uh, perfect soundtrack for that period in time. Uh, and, and to me, that's what rock music is it's a soundtrack for your attitude you know if and, and we were the perfect soundtrack for the attitude at that period in time and people miss it and so nostalgically people just really stay with us on that level i mean they're just you know they don't want to let that go and who does you know it was a, a great moment in rock history um <clears throat> so to come out and, and us for to all stay together and still be able to uh that chemistry still be able to come through live is, is still a pretty special thing. And there's not very many bands that can really do that anymore. And I, I don't mean to yank my own chain, but I do think that uh, Poison is special in that way. Yeah, and just, there, there is something to be said about chemistry. You know, if, you know, you, you could say like Neil Peart of, of Rush is a great drummer, but if you stuck him in Poison, it, it just wouldn't sound Right. It just, it would be bizarre. So there, there is that thing about, about <laughs> chemistry, you know. It probably would be. Um, you know, I just had this discussion on Facebook. Somebody's like, Keith Moon or Neil Peart? And I'm like, <clears throat> well, I think Keith Moon probably really inspired Neil. Um, and can you imagine Neil and the Who? I, you know, could he pull it off? Well, the template's there to pull it off. Um, but, uh, you know, w would he be able to pull it off if, 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 you know, he started from square one. It would have been a very, very different band. Let's put it that way. Um, maybe it would have been better. I don't think so. But the recklessness of, you know, there's something about, rec you know, when you're talking about rock and roll, there's something about the recklessness of, of rock where it feels like, I mean, this is what makes the stone so great. It feels like it's going to fall off the edge any second. And then it doesn't. It doesn't derail. It stays on track but it just constantly feels like it's going to fall apart and erupt. And, and, and that's the beauty of it. When, when rock is so polished, uh, it's something, it becomes something else to me. Um, and, and it's not necessarily bad. It's just different. You know, it, it's not the same spirit as, uh, 
as the rock and roll spirit is. It, it becomes under the rock umbrella, but it's it's a different feel, you know. Yeah, and it's not that and, vibe. And poison, no, and, and poison definitely is a little reckless here and there, and uh, you know, and that's good, you know, because CC kind of, you know, I, like we analyzed this once, you know, CC like really pushes. Uh, like uh, slightly ahead of the cliff on the, on the tempo on, on time, but slightly ahead. And I tend to play slightly behind and that rub just really makes it exciting sounding. Uh, honestly, when I play with a different guitar player, it doesn't quite work the same way. Um, you know, it grooves differently, not bad necessarily, but just differently. Oh yeah. No, I, I totally understand, you know, especially being a kiss fan, you, Years ago, you know, Eddie Van Halen and Alex did these demos with Gene Simmons for the Love Gun album, and everybody's like, "Wow, just imagine if Eddie had been in Kiss and replaced Ace." And I go, "No, I don't want to. Re- I don't want to imagine that because Ace was Kiss and Eddie is Van Halen. You can't. It doesn't work like that. You can't mix and match." Um, now, speaking no, of, right, we tried to. We've tried that with like these TV shows and stuff, and it doesn't. You know, it isn't mix and match. Band. I mean, people do that these days. There's a lot of mix and match bands. But it doesn't really work, uh, you know, invariably. Once in a great while, there's a combination that works, but rarely. Yeah, the, I think the closest you got in terms of guitarist was with Blue Saraceno. Uh, you know, I like that album that you made with him, Crack a Smile. I, I think some of the songs um, were just fun. I love it. Yeah, you know, so... Uh, but it's still, you know, it, anyway. Uh, let me just quickly move move to the first album, Look What the Cat Dragged In, because that's where it all started. And for me, I remember walking into a store in Montreal called Sam the Record Man, and they had a display of poison, and the cassette was on sale for five ninety nine. right? Now, we're talking cassette, right? That's how old this goes back. Um, and I just thought, well, that's a great price. I'll just buy this, sort of out of the blue. I had no expectations and I just love that album. We're 2017. I still love that album. Um, and, you know, you were talking about it's a spirit. And so, it was done in 12 days. It wasn't overthought. It wasn't overproduced. Uh, just talk to me a little bit about Look What the Cat Dragged In, that, what it means to you in your career, what it just means in terms of looking back, um, some memories on it. Um, just great times. You, you know... You know what's crazy? I really feel like Open Up and Say All was truly our first real album. I feel like Look What the Cat Dragged In was one long demo. Um, and, and I don't mean to put it down because it's it's a great record. We, they, we didn't have time to polish that record. We said this record has got to party. That was exactly what we went in to that headspace for. The songs, most of the songs were written about project, I mean, we were projecting, we were, we were living uh, not a, a very well-off lifestyle. We're like, what would it be like if, if life was wonderful? You know, let's write songs about that, you know? Uh, you know, let's not write songs about, I mean, Cry, with the exception of Cry Tough, it was like most of those songs were, were, were written, uh, you know, to, uh, as a wish almost, you know what I mean? Boy, I wish I could do this. I wish I could get action, you know? Uh, I don't have a car, <laughs> you know, we didn't have those things. Um, and so, it, you know, it was down and dirty. And because of that, it was a little reckless and it, and it did embody all those things. And it did set the stage for everything else that we did, you know, in the future. I mean, obviously native tongue was our most polished record, 
And I love that record for what it is. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think I played really well on it. I think everybody played well. Brett sang well. But, you know, it wasn't the, the embodiment of Poison, but it did show that we could do other things, you know? So it, it, it was it had its place. I know we're not talking about that record right this second, but... Well, you know, <laughs> we, we might, because I do want to get to that record, I, I, because there there is some great playing on there. You know, stand... I don't care who the guitar player was, and I know there's a history there, so we'll, we'll we'll ignore that. But but stand is a great song. Until you suffer some fire, nice is a great. There is just some great stuff. Is there a chance that you might revive those in a live setting, or even at some point, if you do a new album, do a couple of re-records and just sort of give them the the CC original four poison treatment? You know what? Probably not, but uh, it's not possible. We we did do. I think we did stand once with CC yes. for, uh, you know, like uh, 10 shows or something, but you know, I don't want to do that to him. Um, I, I, we have enough of a catalog where we don't have to bring, you know, the songs that we did with Richie into the deal. Um, and, and, you know, that record, you know, actually did fairly well for that period of time. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was quietly selling a few million records. You know what I mean? Uh, like two million, I think it finally did. Um, I'd have to check, but um, so it wasn't a blowout. That no, record, no, listen, it, it, it reached number sixteen on the Billboard charts, which right, especially right. in those days, number sixteen actually meant something. Now, sixteen means you sold four hundred copies to your parents, but, <laughs> but exactly, but not exactly. then. And let's face it. And and in the top 20, there's four worst places to be, right? (laughs) You know, so no, it wasn't. And and we were still doing well, like on tour and all that kind of stuff. We didn't really see a decline in anything uh, really until towards the end of that tour. And even then, it was still fine. It just uh, when we kind of separated for a while, when we wanted to get back to it, we were meeting a lot of resistance. It was like, if you don't have CC and in the climate that things are right now, uh, you know, with the, the way music had changed, uh, people are just like, uh, you're really up against the wall. Like, <laughs> and that's when I said, you know what, I'm not going to do anything for a while. I'm going to go make some comic books and, you know, let, let all this stuff happen. Let CC do what he needs to do. And when we're ready to get back together, we'll, we'll do that and we'll do it right. And we did. So <laughs> was there ever any, and I'll choose my words carefully, but was there any either disappointment or anger with CC in that period? Because he went oh, off. Oh, God, and he, yeah. Okay, so so there was times where you just sure. you, you just hated the hell out of him and said, motherfucker, you're We've, costing me. Okay. Oh, every member of this band has hated each other at one point in time. There's okay. no question about it. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's downright toxic at times. Um, and, uh, but, you know, but, you know, honestly, Cece is not that person anymore at all. It's like, it's like that, that saying, you know, don't, don't judge me by that. I don't live there anymore. I mean, he is not that guy. Um, and I don't think any of us are, um, you know, it, we all evolve and stuff like that, but I think he's very happy to be in this band and, and be back knowing this stuff. That's what my take for a while. He was very lost. You're listening to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk. 
Everyone sells today. So how do you bring your best sales game every day? Simple. Listen to the Advanced Selling Podcast on Podcast One. Hi, I'm Bill Kasky. And I'm Brian Neal. Each week, we answer listener questions like, how do I compete against a cheap competitor? And Brian's favorite, because he always has an answer to this, how do I meet with a CEO when they won't even return my calls? The Advanced Selling Podcast is where the best go to get better. Listen Mondays on Podcast One and on iTunes. Now back to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Let's get right back to our chat with Poison drummer Ricky Rocket. They are, of course, on tour with Tesla and Def Leppard. Before we left off, he was talking a little bit about C.C. DeVille, and so here he is once again, the one, the only, Ricky Rocket. And, you know, there is sort of that that theory in psychology that we change every 10 years. Every 10 years, a a new us emerges, so... I, I want to get back to some of the albums, but let me just talk health things, and let's sort of go through everybody, but l- let me start with Bobby first. He, of course, had that neck injury, and there was all kinds of concerns about him. Uh, how was he doing in terms of being able to get on the road and, and handle the, the rigors of it, and just, is he 100%? No, he's not 100%, and okay. he, he does have pain and that he has to deal with, and that's never completely gone away, so... Um, that is a bit of a battle there, but he still he does his job very well. Okay, yeah, he does, and of course the, there was your health concern. Um, fought off cancer successfully with with the help of that the clinic down in um, San Diego. Right. How, how are you doing these days? Are, do you have any fear about going out on the road? Because this is sort of the first real test, right? Yes. Uh, well, I went out. We did a week's worth of gigs with Devil City Angels. Right. And I, I did fine. Uh, and that was kind of a test run, sort of, because that's even harder. One week with DCA is like a month with Poison, because Poison rolls a little fatter than DCA. You know? So, um yeah, um, you know, I, I have uh, side effects of the treatment that I had, and uh, some of those will, will keep diminishing over time, and some I'm going to be stuck with. <clears throat> you know, I can't just sit down and, and just slam a meal down and shoot the shit while I'm doing it and everything like that. i got to kind of focus and concentrate. If I have potatoes, it takes a while because I get really dry, and, you know, my throat just doesn't work as well as it once did, but... I can eat and I can eat like a normal person, you know what I mean? And I get sore, you know, my neck will get sore where they hit me with the radiation, you know, uh, just that sort of stuff. You know, sometimes I get tired quicker, uh, and, and, but not always, I mean, I'll have a couple of days where I'm on fire and then all of a sudden I'll have a day where it's like, Oh shit, I got to take a knee, you know, not a knee literally, but you know, like, like in football, like, <laughs> take, take, a, take, yeah, right. take a football exactly. knee, right? <laughs> a Is... football knee. But, you know, so, I mean, how am I going to do on tour? Well, we'll see. Um, it is a little different demand out there. But, uh, and, and like I said, I do get muscular soreness. You know, it just, uh, it's just from the treatments, you know, and, and, and it does get better. And But I, I work out, I do all sorts of stuff. And, you know, I try to eat right. I'm I'm alive, and I've been in remission since July. So I'm one of the very very lucky people to to have gotten past this when it re- when it recurs like this. It really uh, knocks your chances down quite a bit. I mean, it, it's actually very curable, very treatable cancer until 
it, the cure and the treatment didn't work, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now this is a whole new ball game here. And, uh, even through, you know, with the immunotherapy, I was able to, to beat it. So <clears throat> of course I'm a proponent for that. I'm doing everything I can to help people get that type of treatment now because it's side effects are so much less. I can't even begin to tell you. Is, is there, and, and maybe this is an inappropriate question, but is there a contingency plan on the tour? I mean, is there a, another drummer that's sort of there just in case, or you don't, we're not even thinking about that. And I apologize no, I if mean, that's a rude first, question. No, it's not. Uh, Bobby and I had this conversation. Uh, you know, I mean, look, I, I don't know who I, maybe I'd call Fred. Maybe, maybe I just asked Troy from, you know, from Tesla to jump in there. Uh, he could handle it. Um, you know, I don't know uh, what I would do for sure, but I would feel myself going downhill. I know that, um, you know, it wouldn't happen in a minute, you know. Um, so it's not like all of a sudden one night I'm just not going to show up. You know, I don't think that would happen. Um, it, I'm not that volatile. As a matter of fact, my white blood cell count, all that stuff's normal. So, um, you know, if you look at my blood work, it looks like a normal person's right now. You know, it doesn't look like anything ever happened, but there was some, there is some after effects that it will take a bit of time to get through. Probably, probably till the middle of summer <laughs> is what they're saying. Well, I certainly, you know, wish you, of course, the, the, the quickest recovery. Is that why, for example, this, this tour is sort of important to you is that, you know, we all get to that point as we get older where we just sort of realize, you know what, it is finite. Things do come to an end, and why should we be sitting on at home and not playing? So th- this has got to be even more special to get the guys back together and say, come on. It, it, it is, and it's a 30th anniversary. I mean, it's, you know, technically we're into 31 years, I suppose, but uh, by the time we got on Capitol and had a real release, it is about 30 years. So, um, you know, so that part of it's important too, but yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, we're not going to be able to do this forever. Uh, we might be able to do it a lot longer than we think, um, but uh, but we're never sure. Uh, you know, I mean, it could end tomorrow. I mean, you just, you never, never, never know. Uh, but I've always been somebody that's been involved in a lot of things. I like to do stuff. I like to live life. And uh, I like other people to live life with me. And, you know, uh, I want to keep that spirit up. As a matter of fact, I'm doing some interesting things I'll t- tell you about at the end of this, if, if you want to get into it. Yeah, well, in fact, you can tell me right now, are, are we talking about the Rocket Drumworks or are we talking about something else? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, or is it off uh, the record? If it's off the record. We... No, it's not off the record okay. at all. No. Uh, okay. Uh, while I'm on tour, uh, I'm going to, you know, I always take a motorcycle with me and I'm going to do a, like a photo essay out on the road where I shoot all the photos from the motorcycle perspective. And uh, I'm going to put those photos at the Leica gallery uh, in uh, Los Angeles. And, um, and the proceeds from the sales of those photos will go to immunotherapy. So that's, that's what I'm interested in doing. I'm going to be shooting video too for Mac tools. I have a deal with Mac. And, uh, so I'm going to be modifying a motorcycle out there for video and taking pictures from the, and it's going to be called from the saddle is what this show is going to be called. Oh, that's, that, that's great. And, uh, well, hey, if you ever need any ideas in Montreal for some nice vistas and some nice places to take the bike to get some great, I'm happy to point some out to you because it's, uh, 
It's, it's a great sure. Ride. It's That'd a, be great. Yeah, it's a great part of the of the world to ride in. Um, I do. And want... you know, I'm kind of going into this like in a little bit of a documentary fashion. Okay, and that is is that I think the real thing is going to reveal itself as I move along through it. Because people are sort of like, oh, well, are you doing landscapes? Are you doing roadside memorials? Are you doing portraits like other bikers? Like, what, what are you doing? And it's like, you know, I'm going to do all of the above. And it's going to start to take a life of its own on. And uh, and that then that's the direction I'm really going to focus in on. Well, you but also... I do want people to go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you might, in fact, even have three projects. Why not do a book or a, a, a gallery of landscapes and then a gallery of you know, memorials and, and landmark. I mean, why not do all three? It's possible. Well, maybe. And I'm actually talking to a literary agent about a book. Uh, I ran into Slim Jim Phantom uh, a couple of weeks back and I haven't seen Jim in a bit. And, uh, he's like, man, you, I you're in my book. And I went, so I ran out and got his book, but he goes, you know, you really, you should really do something. Cause if I can do it, you can do it. And I'm like, you know, I've been messing around with a book idea for a long, long time called Confessions of a Fallen Angel. And he's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I'm like, you know, so he gave me the number of his literary agent. We might be doing something. So the book would be, if you ever get to doing it, would it be an autobiography of, you know, your life, you know, all the way through? Or are we talking like a picture book where most likely, most likely it would be short stories that were poignant moments in my life so that it's an easy read. You know, I want people to be able to jump on a flight from uh, L.A. to San Francisco and be able to read a couple of chapters and really feel like they got something out of it, put it down and be able to pick it back up. and Like Bukowski, you know, or something like that, you know, where it just is an easy, fun read. Uh, but I, my, my writing is kind of hard-hitting, so it's not going to be for everybody. <laughs> well, I, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Um, I, let me just bring you back to the to Poison here for, for a second. Um, the special guests. You went out with Bobby and Cece and, and uh, Brandon Gibbs and did some shows as the special guests. Was that just you guys having fun or was that you guys sending a message? That's an interesting question and that's very perceptive of you, Mitch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was sort of like, you know, <clears throat> you know, poison isn't poison without Brad. It's not poison without any of us. However, um, you know, we got offered a few gigs and there were gigs that we all really wanted to do. And Brett had some other things that he had going on. And we're like, we didn't discuss it with him. We just said, you know, let's go out and do this. And we're not going to do it as poison because we're not going to try to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. You know, we're not going to try to fake it like this is the new poison. But, you know, everybody knew I was working with Brandon because of DCA. I mean, if, if, if you're in the rock and you we're paying attention at all, but, um, and Bobby and CC both liked them. So, um, we're like, why not do this gig? You know, why not do a few gigs with them? Um, uh, let's just do it. You know, that could, why should we sit home while Brett does things? You know what I mean? And, uh, that was the only message is, Hey Brett, we're not going to sit around either. You know, it wasn't like we're replacing you, Brett, but it was kind of like, we're not going to just sit, sit on our thumbs either. Yeah. And that, that... that's more or less what it's about. And that seems fair because, you know, on one end, he's out doing solo shows. And, of course, he has every right to go do solo shows. But at the same time, just because he does that doesn't mean you should just sit at home and twiddle your thumbs and go, I hope the phone rings today because, you know, that's not fair either. 
Um, right. Exactly. And, and and honestly, we didn't do it as a message to Brad, but that, that message, I'm sure. When I mean, honestly, we just wanted to go do it. Um, and we didn't, when he said, hey, I got some stuff going on, it was like, you know, I'm tired of this. Uh, let's just go do this anyway. I wonder if they'll have us, though, if we have somebody else. And the answer was yes. And the fans actually really liked it. I mean, Brandon did an awesome job. You know, I, I didn't get to see it live, but I got to see it through YouTube, like like most people watch concerts these days. It seemed perfectly fine to me. It seemed like four guys having some fun and seemed perfectly innocent. And, you know, who knows? Um, you did mention Open Up and Say Ah being sort of the first real record. I'm kind of curious as to, to why. Is it just because that's the one where you got to sit down and, 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 and plan it out and... and, and you know, have a, the proper producer, Tom Werman. And why is that sort of the first real record and not just a collection of demos? Well, I, you know, it was, we had already garnered our experience in the studio and with the cat dragon and realized what we did and didn't have in us. Uh, and I learned so much and that 12 days that we were in the studio, you know, even though like, well, I'm not bosom buddies with Rick Browdy, I mean, I must say that, you know, uh, I, I, it was a huge learning experience, both from him and Jim, Jim Faraci. I mean, I, I just love Jim Faraci, the engineer. Uh, he's phenomenal. Um, and, you know, I, I'd learned so much about the process of recording. Uh, I thought I had understood it. We had done demos and we had done professional demos, but it, nothing's like the pressure of a real record. That's just a different, uh, headspace. And, uh, so then we went in uh, with a real budget um, with Tom. Um, you know that was uh, that, that was even taking it to the next level. And uh, I think Tom was impressed with the fact that we did really hit that we were had really been in a recording boot camp prior to that experience. You know that's what it was. Look where the cat dragged in was recording boot camp. <laughs> right. And, and, and of course, uh, being a fan yourself of cheap trick and stuff, having Tom in there must've been a, a bit of a thrill. I mean, he was like, you know, of... I even went to bunny Carlos was in town and, uh, and I was having, I could not make up my mind on a couple parts of the song. And I asked if he would, I asked him, I said, will you come down and let me go through this with you? Maybe you have an idea. And bunny actually sat down with me and, said i would pick this and you know he didn't write the part for me he just said if that's what you're doing that's better because this is a dirty trick here or whatever you know like he was with his sense of humor it was really really pretty cool so so i guess we can put it this way bunny carlos of cheap trick was sort of like the coach on open up and say off for you on some songs no, like two songs. I think I had questions, and uh, but that's kind of a lot of time together. But I, we spent a day together and uh, hanging out, and uh, I talked him into you know. That's kind of cool. Are we ever going to yeah, hear? Was, we ever going to hear back to the Rocking Horse uh, live ever again? Dude, I would love to do it on this tour. That was one of my suggestions please, please, when we were please. like, <laughs> you know, but and blame it on you. I mean, all, I love all that stuff, man. I did, you know, I, I just if it were up to me for the next several years we would just go do each record from top to bottom you know um let, let's do open up and say all oh, let's do um flesh and blood let's do look at the cat drag down i mean just you know uh, i think it would be great and and at the end you can come back out and do the hits you know that that came later or whatever just to wrap it up but it'd be great to go from top to bottom track to track i would be all over that oh i would love that and, and that of course goes into what cheap trick did about 
10 years ago, they, they, they would go into small clubs and do three nights in a row in Philly and three nights in a row in Detroit and three nights in a row in Chicago. That, that would be great to see Poison actually do that, you know, just go into a theater setting and do three nights in a row of each album plus some greatest hits. That would be, that'd be fucking killer. <laughs> uh, you know, I love that stuff. I saw Aerosmith when they did the B-sides thing. Yeah. Where, I mean, it was just, Oh, I mean, they're calling songs out and they're making mistakes. And it was like, you know, it was, it was, but it was phenomenal because you could really hear the core of what they really were, which was still great. Even in their worst mistake, it was still like, wow, feel that synergy there. You know what I mean? It was like, it was really cool to see that. Yeah, and, that's and I would do fun. that in a minute. I, I honestly, I, I would do a tour called "Call It Out." You, know, you sit there and just have people call out songs and try to remember how we did it uh, right on the spot. Because you know what? We really should know all our songs from top to bottom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And better. We should be able to play them better. Yeah, uh, I know I could play them better. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that's always sort of the conundrum of, of the, the artist. You put it on record, and fans love it to death, and when you play them, you just go, oh, I should have hit this differently, or I should have played that note. or right. That's, that's sort of every musician's way of looking at their albums, right? That, oh. it, it, it is. You know, I, one thing I learned from Bruce Fairburn, who I think is one of the best rock producers to have ever lived, um, and God rest his soul. He was so, I'm going to use this word carefully, such a pre-production Nazi. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, you did pre-production for at least six hours a day and solid. I mean, you'd, you'd break for half an hour for lunch and it was ordered that morning. I mean, he was on it. And his whole thing was, you're going to get three takes. And if you don't get it in three takes, we move on and you don't touch that song for two days. That's how I work. And uh, I was like, okay, there was only one song we did that with um, that we had to come back to. Everything else, it was in three takes, but we were so well rehearsed for that record. Right. And it feels great. That record, feel, the Unskinny Bob, all that stuff. It was when I first was allowed to swing the beat a little bit instead of being that, that real 80s production kind of headspace where everything was gated so much and everything. I was allowed to use ghost notes and stuff, you know, which is the kind of drummer I am. Um, <clears throat> I was allowed to put that in a little bit. Bruce loved that. And uh, I mean, I, I miss that guy. I would have had him do every record if I, you know, if, if I could have. He was just that good. Yeah, and hopefully... Hopefully there'll be another Poison record now. Of course he can't, he can't be there, but but it, maybe get Tom Worman to come back out and give it give it another go. I mean, it'd be kind of fun. Oh, I love Tom. You know, Tom is is phenomenal, and okay. he's uh, and so is Richie Zito. I mean, we didn't have a, a, a huge um, success with Richie uh, just because I think it was the timing and, and who we had the band and all that stuff. But uh, but but Richie Zito is as much of a musician as he is a producer, and and he's uh, a great he's. He's such a good song person, and it's that guy is. Uh, we've been very fortunate to, to work with the people that we've worked with. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I could go on for forever and ever, but uh, you know, listen, I'm going to thank you for your time, and I'm looking looking forward to seeing you in in Montreal. And if there's any, of course, anything you need, just let me know. I'll be happy to to help you and assist you and take you wherever you need. Uh, Always, always. Well, a I kind of need help in the attic this week. If you want to fly out, you know. I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could come in. No, but I'll help you in Montreal. Got anything, the yard. Anything down here in Montreal that you'll need when you when you get out here, that it'll be my pleasure. That that's always, uh, you know, 
always something I can do. But uh, you know, it's it's just, it's great to hear from you. It's great to hear that you're uh, that you're healthy. There there were there were some moments there where I, where I had heard things about well, Ricky's not doing so good, and Ricky, and it just scared the hell out of me. And so it, it's it's nice to see you back on tour. It's nice to see the band back on tour. Quite frankly, uh, the four of you to me. Uh, belong together and belong to be on the road every summer, just like Def Leppard, quite frankly. And uh, there you oh, go. I know. I mean, it was. Uh, it's like I was saying to somebody. You know, when we were headlining every year there for a while, it was like we became the Grateful Dead of Glam. You know, I mean, it's like people would like book their summer vacations around when we were coming. I to did. Town, uh, I know? did the Glam oh, Slam Metal wow. Jam. Sure, I had my I little. Mean, you know, we'd see. We'd so. Uh, you know, be pulling in and go. I recognize that. RV, you know, it's like, hey, yeah, yeah, I know that guy. That's Rob and his wife, or whatever. You know, they, people would just come to see us, and and like for like three weeks or four weeks at a time. It's amazing. Oh, that, but that's exactly what I did. It was uh, the Spac Center in Saratoga, the Tweeter Center in Boston, the whatever the place it was in Hartford. I don't remember what it was called, but yeah, that that was it. Uh, I did it every year, and uh, we did Manchester. Um, where was it? Manchester, uh, New Hampshire. We'd go down and do four or five of your shows in a row all the time. It's, it's it, we miss it, so you, so you got to get back to it, get it going again. I agree. I agree. I agree. And I will be doing shows with more shows with Double City. Uh, yeah. You know, we've been using Joel from <clears throat> from Collective Soul, and uh, he's been doing a really, really great job. And uh, it's just fun to get back out there and play with that because that's a really good record, I think. And, I know, I know, I won't talk about Tracy Guns. I think you have a little issue there, but I won't go there. But, no, uh, but Tracy's really fine. Cool to, oh, okay, good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, Tracy and I, we, we, we did the L.A. Guns Wasted album, and we didn't see eye to eye on how it was supposed to happen afterwards. They were supposed to do interviews and promotion and stuff, and it didn't happen. And there was, there was just, but you know what? At my age, I really don't care. I think Tracy is... Yeah an incredibly talented guitarist there's there's no taking that away oh, from he him oh he is he plays like no. a like a you know a, a, an m a, a mofo as we say um, the stuff he's done with LA Guns holds up it's they're great songs he's got a great body of 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 music and i see him him posting on facebook with his kids and stuff he looks like an absolutely fantastic dad uh, there's nothing to complain about there's just nothing you know you know there's nothing to complain about. No, we had a we had a really good time working together. Tracy tends to move around a lot with projects he's working on, and I don't. Uh, I just, you know, I mean, I didn't step out of outside of Poison for 28 years. You know what I mean? So that tells you something. You know, I mean, I, I did that. You know, that glitter for your soul, but that was like that wasn't really stepping outside. I didn't go take that on the road or anything like that. But uh, this was the first real effort I had done to step outside of poison. So I'm very careful about what I do, and I don't like to spread myself too thin. And uh, I'm not saying that Tracy does, but he just comes from a little different headspace, and that doesn't always work so well together, you know? Yeah, and you know, he's always trying to get a, a new guitar sound and a new guitar tone, and I think to get that, he, he needs different musicians and different music, uh, a different mu- musical vehicle to, 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 to attach it to, and that's fine. That's perfectly right. fine. That's right. No, I think you're absolutely right. And, and uh, um, you know, so it's all good. Well, by the way, well, does, does that mean there will be another Devil City Angels album, or is that something that we're not talking yes. about? Okay. No, I think there will be. Uh, Brandon and I have talked about that quite a bit. Okay. So, uh, but the main thing is what's taken center stage is Poison right now. 
you know, we're going to do poison. I'm going to, you know, we're out until late June, early July. And then, uh, you know, I come back and I get all my checkups again. And if I'm good to go, then I'll dump it. Yeah. And hopefully it'll be that record. On that, I, I will say thank you. And we will see you in, uh, in about two weeks. Great. Hit me up and we'll hook up. Yeah, thank you, Ricky. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Mitch. Um, Have a good interview. The next one. Oh, yeah, I've got Saxon coming up in like 15 minutes. It never oh, ends. Oh, awesome. Oh, I love that band. Are you yeah. Biff. I've got oh, Biff. Great. Denim and leather. Put them all together. Yeah. There you go. Hell yes. There you go. That, that's your. That's the Poison Encore this year, right there. Denim and leather. Uh, yeah. That would it actually would be, be great, wouldn't it? Well, it would. You know what? Sometimes in rock, you gotta shock the people, and that would definitely shock the people. You come out and you, you're doing denim and leather. That'd be hilarious. It would actually be hilarious. Yeah, it, it, a mini Ripperton song would do the same thing, but I don't think we're gonna go there. But okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. See you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Now. Bye. Bye. Now. And there you have it, folks, my interview with Ricky Rocket of Poison, the band on tour with Tesla and Def Leppard. We need more of that. We need more Poison. We need a new Poison album. And, of course, we need denim and leather. Please check me out on Twitter at Mitch Lafon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N. And thank you for listening to Episode 2 of Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. We'll be back very, very soon. Bye for now. Download new episodes of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn every Monday at Podcast One and on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at iTunes. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. Hi, I'm Clay Smith, host of Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews, the podcast for book lovers interested in interviews with best-selling authors, insider scoop on the hottest releases, reading ideas for book clubs and bibliophiles, and even tips about which books to skip altogether. So be sure to download new episodes of Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews every Tuesday. You can get it on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe on iTunes, and don't forget to rate, review, and share. President Trump denies it. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. President Trump denies on Twitter using vulgar language when questioning why the U.S. would accept more immigrants from Haiti and African nations. 17 dead, 43 missing in Southern California after Tuesday's heavy rain and devastating mudslides. Santa Barbara County Sheriff Bill Brown is asking people to evacuate some areas so search and rescue crews can do their jobs. It is seriously impacting the ability of search and rescue, public works, other first responders, and repair crews to clear roadways and to engage in search and rescue, repair, and damage assessment operations. Missouri Governor and former Navy SEAL Eric Greitens is now under investigation after acknowledging an extramarital affair but denying anything more, including accusations that he tried to blackmail the woman into keeping quiet. I'm Rita Foley.